Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Go with me this morning to the book of Matthew, chapter 14. You may be seated this morning. I know we've been standing for a while. Matthew, chapter 14. While you're finding that in your Bibles, I want to say to Brother Rayleigh, what a word this morning. Man, I'm... I knew what the lesson was on, but I did not know how he would approach it. And um, he's got into my notes a little bit this morning, but I don't know how he managed that. But I, I'm thankful for what Brother Brian Bird said this morning. I, I, I really appreciate the, the men and women that's doing our focused prayer. Um, it's very apparent that they didn't wake up on Sunday morning and come up with some idea to say but it is something that some thought has been put in and and uh, it always challenges me and I couldn't help but to think when brother Brian was talking about the ark of the covenant and uh, how Uzzah had reached up and touched that ark in the Lord we know that the Lord struck him dead and if you will read on in the book of second Samuel and I believe it also gives account in first and second Chronicles at that time when that happened David was afraid and so they stopped at another house, the house of Obed-Edom, and they placed that ark in there for three months. And the Bible gives account of how that the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all of his house and the presence of the Lord was on his house. And at the end of that three months, David had heard about this and he knew that he had to get the ark back to the city. And they bring the ark back to the city, and I'm just hitting the high points here, but if you'll read in your Bible, David, David assembles a tent, uh, the synagogue, and uh, he needs some praise and worship leaders. And if you'll read, one of them is Obed-Edom. You read down a little bit further, and he needs some trumpet blowers. And if you'll read one of the trumpet blowers, it's Obed-Edom. You read further down, and he needed some psaltery players. If you read one of the names, you'll find Obed-Edom. And then further down, he finds that he needs some doorkeepers. And you'll find Obed-Edom's name in that also. And what that tells me is that the power of the Lord and the anointing of the Lord had so greatly impacted Obed-Edom that it didn't matter what he'd done in the house. He just wanted to do something for the Lord. And if we'll take that mentality, Lord, I don't know what you want me to do, but I'm here, I'm available, here I am, use me. God can use us in his house, and he can use us for the good of the kingdom. Matthew chapter 14, we'll begin reading with verse 22. And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into his ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. 
And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. Bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. Just for a few moments this morning, and I'm going to be mindful of the time, I want to, to preach from this subject of what we read, when Jesus says come. When Jesus says come. Would you pray with me this morning? Father, I love you, and I'm so eternally grateful for the presence of the Lord that we have felt in this house. I'm thankful that you give us a place and a time where we can come to worship and magnify the name of Jesus collectively together as a congregation. Appreciate the word that we've heard this morning, Lord. Appreciate the worship that we've been able to attend and be a part of this morning. And so I'm asking for the next few minutes, Lord, that you would touch our heart and our mind. I'm asking you to touch me, Lord, and help us to hear what thus saith the Lord. And the whole house said, Amen. We're all very familiar with what the verse says in Hebrews 11 and, or Hebrews 13 and 8. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if Jesus has not changed then that tells me that he's still in the calling business. He still calls people. Now, I understand that he may not call us to, to walk on water, but the Lord is still in this present day and hour, he's calling us. And the question we have to ask ourselves as, as individuals, and I'd say collectively as a congregation and a church, is do we listen? If we do listen, do we hear? And if we do hear... Do we blow it off? Do we walk away and pretend that it's not for us or that it's not something that we can be a part of? The word come in this particular setting is really just another way of Jesus saying that you can do it. It's, it's your turn. It's time to start. And sometimes in our lives we have to take a leap of faith. I'm not talking about being reckless and abandoned, but I'm talking about take a leap of faith Quit making excuses for ourselves and break free from our fear. So, so many of God's people live beneath their potential. We like to stay in what I'll refer to this morning as the safe life. And I'm not casting stones about that, but we get comfortable sometimes. We're, we, we, we know where we're at in God. We're comfortable where we're at. We, we, we know we're saved, but we don't want to extend or we don't want to, as the one writer says, enlarge in our tent. And uh, so many of God's people uh, get bound to that position. But every once in a while, you run into someone who has heard the call of Jesus. They heard Jesus when he said, come, and they went. And they're following Jesus, if I may say this morning, out on the water. So many times we sit back in our comfortable safe places 
And we talk about everything that we would do if God calls us. I would do this and I would do that. Now, I've done that. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand this morning. But there's been many times that I've done that. Lord, if you would, if you would use me, I'll do something. And then I'll hear that still small voice or that umption in my spirit to do something. And I, well, wait a minute, Lord. I, I, I wasn't counting on that. But when we make ourselves available, the Lord will use us. But I'll submit to you this morning that when he nods and he prods, if you'll allow me to say that, and we keep denying, he's going to quit knocking on the door to use us. It's important that when the Lord speaks or bids us to come, we hear. And what do we do when Jesus says come? You and I may never actually, as I said before, follow like Peter did out on the water. We, we may never during the course of our lifetimes be in the situation or the circumstances that Peter was where he literally and physically got out of the middle of a boat in a life-threatening storm. He had some witnesses around him that was seeing what he was doing, and he walked. The Bible said he walked on the water. Because as exciting as it is and encouraging as it is to read about Peter actually stepping out over the edge of the boat and walking on the water towards Jesus, the truth is that most have no desire to walk on the water when there's a perfectly good boat to sit in. And while we may never physically leave the safety of that good boat and leap out onto a raging sea, there will be times in our lives as we follow Jesus that we're going to be challenged to duplicate that same reckless faith that Peter had when he let go of everything so he could hold on to a word from the Lord. There's going to be some point in our faith or in our journey with the Lord, a time when we have to choose the high road or the low road. And if we choose the higher road, it means that we will have to let go and we're going to have to move toward Jesus. And the, what I'm saying and referring to with the higher road, I mean in a higher realm of faith, in a, in a deeper walk with the Lord. I mean, how, how many this morning wants to go deeper with the Lord? How many wants more of Him? I'm, I'm thankful for everything that He's done for me. I'm thankful to where He's brought me to today. But I want more. Brother Rayleigh talked this morning about uh, healings and miracles and signs and wonders. I, I, we read about it, but I want to see it. I want to be a part of that. I don't want to wait till I have to get to heaven to hear everybody tell the stories about it. I want to see it here in our midst so when I get to heaven, I, I can tell some stories about it. And I know it takes a, a certain measure of faith to keep our sanity when all hell is breaking loose against our family and our finances and our ministry. And some people, you know, when we read about this story, it's easy to be quick to criticize the other disciples of being fearful for staying in the boat, not, not having enough faith. But I, I'm hesitant to do that because I know how it feels to be in a storm. And it takes some faith just to stay in the boat and ride out the storm because there's a part of you that wants to bail out and quit and say, what's the use? I might as well just drown. But you tell yourself, no, I, I got to keep praising. I got to keep trusting. I got to keep going to church. I got to keep tithing. I got to keep sowing. I got to keep confessing. And when I can't see any relief in sight, and I couldn't feel any relief, and I couldn't see anything from the storm clouds, there's Jesus on the water.
So no, I, I'm not condemning this morning. They, they made it through the storm. They made it to the other side. And that, there's something to be said about that. It, I made it. I, I didn't feel like I was going to make it. It didn't look like I was going to make it. There was those who said I wouldn't make it, but look at me. I'm standing here this morning, and I'm with a house full of people that are in here this morning that made it. We're here. So I don't want to criticize them. However, I will point out that they missed the opportunity to take that high road that I was referring to. You see, they were brought to a place where they could choose a greater glory or to go further in the Lord, if you will. They missed the opportunity to get a chance to do some water walking, to do something great for God. And I wonder how many times in our life where we miss the opportunity to do something great for God. You know, oftentimes we think that when the Lord calls us, it's going to be with a big bolt of crash of lightning or a big loud thunder or there's going to be angels playing harps descending and ascending to and from heaven. But you know, more oftentimes than not, God will just speak in that still, small, subtle voice. And it's up to us to hear and take advantage of the opportunity that's get, that He has given us. They missed their opportunity. Their testimony was, we made it. We survived. We, we got to the other side of this storm. But when Peter began to testify, everybody had to stop and pay attention because his testimony was different. Yes, he was in the boat with all the rest. And yes, he feared for his life just like all the other disciples. But when Jesus, when Peter saw Jesus walking on the water, something inside of him said, you can do that. You can be just like Jesus. Something inside of Peter, and, and not in a disrespectful way, but something inside of Peter said, if the teacher can do this, the student can too. All, all I need is a word from the master. All you need today is a word from the master. All we need is for Jesus to say, come, and we can do it. We can accomplish what he wants us to do. There may be a hundred voices telling us the reasons we can't, and we may have a hundred excuses of why we can't. Perhaps we're not educated enough, not old enough, we're too old, wasn't born in the right family, don't have enough money and don't have any experience. But if you have a word from the Lord, we can do the impossible. We can go where they said they ne we never could go. We can do what they said we could never do. And we can be what they said we never could be. And, and we can have what they say we can never have. Tell your neighbor, I've got a word from the Lord. The writer said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Jesus said in Matthew 9 and 23, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. John said in 1 John 4 and 4, Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Peter had a word from the Lord, and it was just simply, Come. That's all he had, but that's all he needed. And no doubt the disciples argued with him and told him how foolish he was and perhaps begged him to, to stay in that boat and the mistake that he would be making if he stepped out because perhaps they wanted to keep Peter on the same faith level that they were on. Everyone in the boat had the same opportunity that Peter had. The circumstances were the same. It was the same Jesus standing on the water. And the word was the same. Come. They chose to hold on to the boat. And Peter chose to step out 
on the Word. And when Peter stepped out on the Word, he stepped into a brand new anointing in his life. And there are things that we ask for in prayer. There are things that we want God to do for us. And I submit to you this morning that we're going to have to step out. If you want God to do the things that you're asking for, I've come to tell you this morning that we're going to have to step out of our comfort zone a little bit. We're going to have to do some things we're not used to doing. Peter, Peter stepped into a supernatural water-walking anointing. He began moving and walking and operating in the same rim and the same anointing that Jesus was walking in. Brother Rayleigh's already referred to this morning about the anointing and how crucial it is. And let me be clear, Jesus didn't force Peter out of the boat. Our pastor has said from behind this desk a hundred times or more that the Lord is a gentleman. He's not going to force himself on anybody. And, and, and furthermore, Jesus didn't condemn the other disciples for staying in the boat. He simply came to them all in a way that presented an opportunity to them to move to another level of faith. He created an avenue for them to step from one rim of anointing to another. He called them to a higher experience, a higher manifestation of His power in their lives. He does that for you and I day in and day out. When we have the opportunity to pray and fast and study, however much we want to do that, if we diligently seek Him, He's going to keep moving us deeper and deeper and deeper. Each one of us has the same opportunity of how close we want to draw to the Lord. But only one took that step that day. That step separated Peter from the rest of the disciples. That step that Peter took drew a line between the doers and the watchers. Between the boat riders and the water walkers. You know, and you say, well, I, I'm afraid. I'm afraid if I step out on faith or if I step out on this boat, I, I may get wet. Well, I'm going to tell you this morning that when we step out in faith, we're probably going to get wet. We'll probably stumble. We'll probably fall. We'll probably make a mistake. But you know what? Just like he was there for Peter, he can reach down and pull us right back up. He's not going to ask us to do something. But I, I, I made up my mind a long time ago that I would rather be holding the hand of Jesus during the storm than trying to ride it out in my own boat. When the storm's raging and the waters, the waters are wailing high, I want to hold on to the hand of the Master. I, I'd rather fail trying to do something great for God than succeed at doing nothing at all. And like I said earlier, when Peter went down, you know, it's, we're quick to criticize him for taking her, his eyes off the Lord, for looking at the wind, and I, I understand that. But I, I'm, I'm amazed at the miraculous faith it took to step out. I'm not sure how far he walked on water. The Bible doesn't give an account, but it wouldn't really matter if it was from here to that front row. He walked on water and can testify today that he walked on that water. So what if he went down? The Lord pulled him right back up. So what if we go down when we step out and do something? He's going to pull us right back up. I would, rather, I would rather experience one day, one hour, one minute walking on the water than a lifetime of sitting in the boat. It's been, it's been said a hundred times, but let me say it more. There is a stirring 
in the Spirit in this congregation. I know we've heard that for a long time. Evangelist ministers has come by and, and said there's something special for this church. And sometimes it sounds like we're beating a dead horse. And I'll, I'll, I'm transparent this morning, but I often ask the Lord in prayer, why? Why is it taking so long for this church to grow and be what you want us to be? Why, why, is it, why does this journey have to go this far for us to do something miraculous in you? And I, I say this respectfully this morning, but I think part of the reason is we've become comfortable and satisfied in mediocrity for a long time. A lot has to do with this, and I'm not making excuses, but... Uh, this pandemic has created a, it's created havoc on the church. I'll tell you that. Uh, what it's what it's caused in the church, uh, um, I, I would guess it would just be the spirit of of mediocre, just 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 getting by, just doing what we need. We we made it here. We had church. That's that's ought to be good enough. That's more than what most are doing. But I say no, no, no. We need to come and hear brother brother Larry said it earlier. Brother Larry said it earlier, every service we're a part of, we ought to pretend like that's the last service. And they ain't pretending, it very well could be. We, we need to act like this is the last service we'll ever be a part of. God help us if there is a lost soul or someone in need that is here in the house and they're needing the Spirit to be to be umption or they're needing prayer and they're needing worship and we sit idly by on our hands while the Lord could do something miraculous. We're asking for it, but if we're asking for it, we're going to have to be participators. The Spirit of the Lord is calling us as individuals and as a church to come, come up higher. That's what the, the fasting and the praying's about. That's what these, these uh, small groups are. We, we, you need to stay involved. We've got to stay plugged into each other. Fellowship is important. We, we're not going to make it without fellowship. Ain't nobody rather stay at home in a homebody more than me. I could stay out in my shop all day and half the night. I'm content right there. But that ain't healthy. I need to be involved in the church. I need to be a part of the church. I need to be fellowshipping with you because I need you. I want to make heaven my home, and I know I need you to help me. And I want to stay plugged into the church. And I, I believe with all my heart, that we're waking up and we're starting to realize that if we want to see our lost loved ones saved, if we want to see our backslidden children come back, if we want to see healings and miracles, then we've got to get a word from the Lord and we've got to move on that word. We can't stand idly by, but we've got to move. I, I believe we're discovering what our destiny is and we're discovering the purpose and the power that resides in us. We're, we're a powerful church. And we're discovering that we're not just a little old weak country church as some propose we are. But I'll tell you that we're an anointed church that has been anointed by God Himself who is a light and a city set on a hill. And we can choose to live and walk in mediocre or we can live a life for the Lord that will satisfy and please Him because if we don't, we will never be satisfied and we'll always wonder what we could have been for the Lord. And there, there's some of you who understand what I'm preaching about this morning. You, you can't figure it out. You're uncomfortable. You're uneasy. Kind of edgy and irritable sometimes. Nothing satisfies you. You're not satisfied by what you eat or your job or the car you drive. Sometimes you leave church 
feeling like something's missing, what was missing. And, you know, we're quick to blame the preacher or the praise team or, or the evangelist, but the truth is it's not their fault. A different job, a different church, a, more money, that's not going to fix it. The problem is that our spirit has heard the Lord calling and the enemy is trying his best to convince us. I know what I'm talking about this morning. The enemy is trying to convince us individually and as a church that we can't be what God has called us to be. But I've come this morning to stand flat-footed behind this pulpit and tell you that the devil is a liar and that we are able... The anointing that is calling us, the anointing that is pulling us, it's the same anointing that pulled Peter out of that boat that day. He's the same God that said Peter to come. It's the same God that stands here today and said come. It's that same word, that same word that called Peter to walk towards the Lord. Some people want to talk about Peter sinking, as I said earlier, but I, I prefer to talk about how he walked on the water, how he cast out devils, how he healed the sick, and how he preached the first message on the day of Pentecost in that upper room where the Holy Ghost fell and 120 men and women spoke in an unknown tongue. I choose to talk about the man who let go of everything to take hold of one word from God. And as I said earlier, we, we, you and I may never jump out of a boat like Peter did and walk on water, but at some point in our walk with God, he's going to give us the opportunity to launch out into the supernatural. And we're going to hear him say, come. Seem crazy, seem reckless. Some will criticize us and call us foolish. There will be some, Brother Reddy talked about it this morning, who will make fun of you and tell you how you're going to fail and what a fool you look like. And I don't want to hurt nobody's feelings in here this morning. But it'll most likely be some of your family and your friends that tell you that. But at some point in our walk with God, we got to make a choice. Are we going to live by what men expect? Or are we going to follow after the one that created man? <laughs> Hebrews 11 and 3 said, Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of the things which do appear. I'm going to ask our musicians this morning, to come, and I'll tell you what I believe about our church today. I believe that there are those of us who are ready to get out of the boat. There are some that are ready to make a decision to go higher, to walk by faith and not by sight. That, that one word from Jesus saved Peter's life and probably everyone on that boat. And I'll submit to you today there are people in this house that if you would hear that one word from the Lord, you could be the spark that ignites what this church is searching for and needing. You could be the spark, the catalyst that promotes the revival in our church, the returning of lost loved ones, the returning of backslidden people, but we have to listen to the word. I, I want us to take the next few minutes and I want us to begin to ask God to increase our faith. And give us boldness, not only to hear the word from him, but act on the word. To come when he says come, and to go when he says go. We need to be a people who are willing to risk everything on the word of the Lord. And I know that may come across as reckless. But I believe if we stand on the word of the Lord, 
If we risk everything on this word, we'll never go wrong. We'll, we'll never go wrong. He'll always be with us. People, people who will answer the call in the unknown, the people who will say yes to God, will always have the anointing of God on them. Like Abraham, like Paul, like Joseph, like Daniel, like the three Hebrew children and Jesus himself. That's a pretty good crowd to run with. I'm going to ask us to stand this morning and I'm going to ask us to gather around and close and then ask that someone would hear the voice of the Lord right now saying, come. I believe we can do this as individuals and I believe that we can do this together. When Jesus says, come, he's inviting us to take hold of his power, his wisdom, his ability. I'll, I'll refer to Brother Rayleigh this morning again, speaking of Acts 1 and 8, about the power, the anointing that the Lord would send, would, would send to us. I'm telling you, that anointing is here. That anointing is on us, but we've got to take advantage of us. And I believe that... There's a call going out in the Spirit right now from men and women to let go of a safe space and step out in faith with God. Peter, Peter did not drown, and neither will we. Jesus would not have called us. If you don't hear nothing I say today, hear this. Jesus would not have called you if He could not hold you up. When He says, come, everything we need to accomplish His work is contained in His Word. Let's lift our hands this morning and let's just ask the Lord, God, that You would touch our hearts. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.